Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. There's a hymn that uh, goes through my mind around this time of year. It's one that when I was in college, uh, it was an anthem that we would sing, and it would be one of the uh, songs that we would sing at our, uh, what we called a home concert. And we called it a home concert because uh, during spring break, we would take a tour somewhere, and then we would come back and have uh, a, a big concert just to celebrate the tour and everything. And it goes like this. My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art Thou. If ever I love Thee, my Jesus, is now. So I was looking at that hymn. And then the second verse, I thought really brought into light and the focus where we are in our journey to the cross. And it goes like this. I love thee because thou hast first loved me and purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. I love thee for wearing the thorns on thy brow. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. Let us pray. Oh God, we come to you this Sunday before the passion begins. And we are reminded of your love for each and every one of us. We are reminded that you took on the form of humanity 
you suffered, you bled, and you died. But God, as we move our way to the cross, give us your spirit so that we may boldly stand as your people. As we stand in the shadow of the cross, we live for the hope of resurrection. So God, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You know, there are many other hymns that, that give us a picture of the passion. This is the fifth Sunday of Lent. It's also called Passion Sunday because it, it, it gives us and it leads us up to the point where Christ hangs on the cross. So where we left off last week to where we are now, Peter just denied Christ three times and, and, and took off. And then Jesus was taken in to the leaders, both the Roman leaders and to the Jewish leaders. He was beaten. He was mocked. He was made fun of. He, he, he was told to, to take the power that he has to, to free himself or, or, or to guess who it was that was punishing him or or torturing him, or, or, or beating him. And then Jesus is picked up and started to move towards Golgotha. And that's where we find our passage for today as we continue in this mode of Passion Week. From Matthew chapter 27, verses 32 through 44, I invite you to follow along with your Bibles, or we will have the words on the screen for you to follow as well. Hear the word of the Lord. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed their written charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on the right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it, build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priest, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And in the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I've been reading 
and Pastor Francis and I have been reading this book that our sermon series come from called uh, Jesus the Stranger by Kenneth Collins. And, and when we get to this particular passage, Kenneth Collins mentions a painting. And I will tell you, I have spent pretty much all of my time in sermon prep this week staring at this painting because it's mesmerizing to me. I, I actually have the painting and I have it, well, actually, the, the first picture that I have here is a place where the painting hangs. This painting is in Venice. It, it's painted by uh, Tintoretto, painted in 1565, and it's in this meeting hall. And, and it, if, if you can see, it looks massive because it is. This painting stretches 39 feet wide and, and 16 feet tall. So when you stand inside this room, which one of these days I hope that I can stand in this room, you are looking at this great depiction of the crucifixion. It, 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 it's such a stunning picture. The next picture gives kind of a, a close-up, if you will, of what this painting looks like. That this is a one of five, I believe, paintings that he, he painted depicting the life of Jesus Christ. And, and if you see it, you see that there's a lot of busyness, a lot of activity that is happening all around the cross. But standing there or actually hanging there in the middle of it all, overlooking all of this activity, is Jesus looking over all of the hustle, all of the bustle, all of the different things that are happening around us. But when I took a look at this painting, I just kept just looking at all of the different activities and actions that are happening. While, while the, the, the Son of God hangs there in the middle of this portrait, life kept going on. Life kept happening. And many different things were happening as life went on. As we take a look at the scripture, I'm going to leave this painting up during the sermon so you can have kind of a, an idea of while we're moving through it. There are four different types of people that, that are a part of this painting. Number one, as we hear in the scripture, they're the passerbys, those that are going from one place to another because where Jesus was hung, it was a busy thoroughfare going from one place to another. And, and as he hung there, people saw and, and probably heard and knew who this person was. Wait a minute. This is Jesus? This is the guy who a couple of Weeks ago, we were, we were hanging around together in the middle of town, and a blind person came forward, and Jesus healed them. Oh, this is Jesus. Yeah, you remember, he's the guy when we were out there on the side of the Sea of Galilee, and, and he was teaching, and, and all these people gathered together, and we realized we didn't bring food, and, and, and all of a sudden, he, he made all this bread and, and fish appear. Huh. He's hanging up there on a cross. You think somebody like that, some, somebody that could have fed thousands, somebody that could have healed 
people from the blind. Have you ever heard he raised people from the dead? He can't come down off the cross. Hey, Jesus, if you say who you say you are, why don't you uh, have, have angels come and help you? What does that sound like? When I read that passage, I immediately thought, was Jesus being tempted by Satan again, just as he was when he was fasting? Were, were, were the passerbyers leering at Jesus and, and, and gazing at him, telling him and, and trying to get him to do something, just like Satan tried to do so long ago? Then there's another group. They're the, the chief priest. And, and as the chief priest, they were gathered together. They, they were having a, a good time with this as well. Well, well, Jesus, you know, you're, you can, if, if you were able to do this, then we would actually believe in you. If you saved yourself from this peril that you're in and you came down on the cross, then we would start to say that you are the Messiah. But we know that that's not true. They, 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 they witnessed and they saw and they even proclaimed all the stuff that Jesus did and him coming down off the cross isn't going to change their thoughts and minds. We even know that three days later, after Jesus rose from the dead, it didn't change their minds. It didn't give them pause to look and and understand and, and to worship the Messiah who came to set the people free. The third group is a group that you can have a hard time seeing. You have to really look for them. But they're very integral to the part of the story. And those are the two thieves. As, as the painter painted this painting, Jesus is already up on the cross, but the two thieves are being affixed to the crosses, one on the right and one on the left. Our scripture today gives kind of an incomplete picture of, of them starting to, to mock Jesus, starting to, to make fun of him for being in this particular situation. But in order to get a fuller picture, we have to go to the Gospel of Luke, which is the only gospel that fully encapsulates what happens between Jesus and the two criminals. We hear that one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, that you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly for just what we are getting. We're getting our de what we've done, our deeds. We're getting what we deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. See, in this middle of death, in the middle of this torture, the, the ones that were hanging with Jesus took the opportunity to, to, to make fun of Jesus, but one had a change of heart, realizing who it was, and, and in this moment he turned, and Jesus gave him 
freedom. He gave him life even though he was close to death. He gave him a promise that, that even though all of this pain and suffering will pass, you too will be with me in paradise. There's one last group in this painting, and it's the group that we see based at the base of a cross. It, it looks kind of just like a huddled mass of people just, just gathered together, but this fourth, pass, this fourth group, which is not mentioned in our passage today, are the women at the cross and the disciple whom Jesus loved. John, in the Gospel of John, reminds us, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. It's a reminder that even in the most difficult times, Jesus wasn't abandoned. There was somebody at the cross with Jesus as he was going through this dark and difficult time. There, there was somebody who was there letting him know that, that they believed in him. They, they cared for him. They were in his presence, just as always, Jesus was in their presence. So the question asked as we move closer to Easter, what, what does this painting and how does this scripture play in our lives today? Now, something you can't see from the view that you have that Tarantino, he, he uh, did something special with this painting. He, he could have drawn them or, or painted them in the, the garb of Jesus' time period, but he didn't do that. The dress that you see is the traditional Venetian dress of the painter's time. He's making a statement here. He's not putting Jesus in the past, even though for us, this painting back in 1565 is definitely not our past, but when he painted this painting, he was saying, we are at the cross. We stand around while Jesus is being crucified. So my question for us during the season of Lent, where are we? Are we the passerbyers? Are, are we the ones who have heard the story of Jesus or, or maybe even have experienced Jesus' action and movement around him and we just say, we just want to see something else. We, we want to see you do something great again. Are we like the chief priests and the teachers of the law who say, you know, I just, I just I need that one thing in order to believe. If you just give me the one thing, if you come and you do this miraculous thing within my family or within my life or within my community, then I'll believe. But I'm not talking about the thing that you just did recently. I'm not talking about something that you may do later, but right now I have to have proof that you are the God that you say that you are? Do we place ourselves on either side of the cross, ready to jeer Jesus 
Or do we look at Jesus lovingly and say, we know that you don't deserve what, you, what you're going through, but, but we do. We know that we are sinners in need of your grace, of your love and your mercy. Have mercy on me. Or do we live our lives with a luxury knowing that this is not the end of the story? That, that, that Jesus will rise again. And, and unlike those who are sitting at the base of the cross, who, who look at this as being the end, we know that Jesus will rise triumphantly from the grave. And we know that Jesus is still on the throne, ruling and reigning, giving us life and hope and life abundantly through him. The next couple of weeks of passion are ways that we can fully take a look at the cross. And instead of hanging our heads in sorrows, we can sing that song that I sang at the beginning of the service. Jesus, I know that you are mine. And for all of my follies, all of my shortcomings, I give to you. Because Jesus, I am yours. And you are mine. When we take a look at our spiritual practices for this week, the practices are focused on meditation. Now, I know some people, they have a hard time with that word meditation. They think that it's something that is Eastern or, or something that's, that's not Christian. But Christian meditation is a thing because when we take a look at our lives, it's said that the, the furthest distance in, in the human life is between our heads and our hearts. And what I mean by that is that we can so easily understand it and read things and, and take those into our, our minds, but it's so hard to let that take a hold of our hearts. I think that's what that picture is all about. We, we see all of the knowledge that is happening around us, but it takes a while for us to fully live and accept and have Christ become a part of our hearts. So, as we meditate on the passion this week, I invite you to take a walk, take a Bible or, or a printed out piece of paper and, and maybe take a look at these two different passages. I, I know there's a typo here. It says the, the, the water, it should be the father. The father who only half believes that Jesus could help his demon-possessed son but see Jesus heal the boy anyway in Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 27. Or if you want to take our scripture for today, this Matthew 27, 32 through 44, and imagine being Simon. Imagine being one of the passerbyers or one of the people by the cross and, and reflect and meditate on that. Or I even put the, the name of the painting and the, 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 the painter uh, there, you can Google images of the crucifixion and to spend time reflecting on this painting. Where do you see yourself? 
And how does looking at Jesus hanging on the cross prepare your hearts and minds for resurrection? Prepare your hearts and minds for new life. Prepares your hearts and minds to receive the grace, the forgiveness, the love that we receive from Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for ways to connect to your love. And as we move closer to the cross, as we move closer to that time that you gave your life for us, help us to reflect on our relationship with you. Not to make ourselves feel bad or horrible for what we may have done, but God, so that we may draw closer to you and that we can fully live in that resurrected life so that we can enjoy the kingdom to come, the kingdom that is already here, and to share that kingdom with others. So God, we lift this prayer and this moment to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.